Welcome to the I'm Not a Barista podcast. We're here to talk about all things coffee, from industry careers, brewing tips, community support, and more, with some really incredible people who love coffee as much as you do. We hope their stories inspire you, because humanity runs on coffee, and together we can empower all the people behind every cup. By the way, are you guys a couple, or...? Yes, we're married. We're married for years. <laughs> Just make sure of that. So it's a, it's a couple channel, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. How's like working together? Well, it's it's great. Um, the the challenges, obviously, we have a kid now, so that that throws like a new dimension into the mix. Um, I love it. Like we had a bit, little bit of an idea of how it is to work together because we sort of our relationship started with making music together. So that was a lot of like, like, like creative. Um, that's like a creative endeavor where you sort of have like different opinions and then you sort of come to a consensus and then you create something together. So we sort of had like a, a gist of how it is to work together. So which is why we decided to to do to our actually together. work together. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, like, no complaints. It's just uh, the usual challenges of having a small business and sort of trying to grow that and having uh, and being in the middle of a pandemic. So, uh, you know, the challenges. I think it's, um, it's also when you're when you're a couple and then you're working together and then on top of that, you had COVID, which means you've been isolated. It sometimes feels like you're always working, but then you're never working. So it's like you feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. you so feel like you know you 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 want to talk about work a lot but then you also feel like oh are we not doing enough like you know are we slacking off we should be doing more so it's this really weird um sort of like there's there's no real like distinction between a work day ending and and your personal life beginning everything just like merges into into one yeah i think the challenge has been for us to sort of demarcate and say yeah like after this time we don't work that's personal time and then we take sundays off because we actually then know what time of like what date it is and like when the week is finished because otherwise time just goes by and like, like the blur so i think i understand you know the situation you guys um, because I also work at home and uh, my wife's at home since the pandemic. I remember when it was in Denmark, one thing we highly evaluate life is the balance of between work and life. How, how you guys handle that? Um, yeah, so the things like, yeah, we take Sundays off and we do something different. And then like in the evening, you sort of like wind down and then you don't work after a certain time. So, I mean, small things like that, we're still experimenting. We were terrible at it and I would say we're a little better in the last few months. Um, but and, yeah. and I also think like initially when you're like, you know, for me especially, I left a very, you know, like rigid corporate um, framework in terms of work. And so then when you start your own company with, especially with your, like with my husband, I was like, I don't want any rules. Like, you know, let's just have it be so super organic because I'm so fed up of all of this corporate bs but then like you kind of come to this middle ground where you're like if you don't have any kind of distinction then you don't know what day of the week it is you don't know if you should be working or not working you don't know if you're not working whether you should feel guilty about that or not so then i think we like backpedaled a little bit and try to find like a middle ground so even within the day like we kind of now 
discuss in at the start of the day okay like what do we need to accomplish what do we want to get done this week and then like you say we're working from home and we have a young child we now say even during the day we're like oh 4 p.m because it like works for her with her schedule like that's when we will go to the park or go out or do something a bit different so that we like spend a bit of time with her as well so i think for us it's just it's still a work in progress, um, but, you know, we're trying to figure out some little rules and like boundaries so that we we have some balance. It's not super balanced, but, but it's interesting because even these small changes have sort of seen like an improvement in productivity. I felt like I was working all day, but I was getting less done than I'm getting now. So there's definitely something to be said about sort of like structuring like work time and then like personal time and then. I mean, that was just, uh, that's just like interesting to see. I remember you said you're, you were a designer. Yeah, uh, I'm still hopefully, but uh, <laughs> I used to do a lot of client work, but now like all of the stuff that I've learned or whatever have done professionally, you sort of do it for the business. Great. Could you tell us more about your background? What were you, what you were doing before? I've uh, been in India for the bulk of my life in South India and Bangalore and um, I went to school here and then I went to um, college for design. Um, I did retail and experience design, ended up liking the experience side and then switched to uh, digital design and branding. And then I did that for close to, I would say, 10 years. Um, uh, ran my own company and finally we sort of ran Aramse in India under that, <laughs> that parent brand like developing brands for clients, like logo design, coming up with a corporate identity website, and then having like a cohesive, like a brand image. Photography is something that I've been passionate about and done on the side and professionally for a small period of time. Yeah, that's kind of where my journey. I guess that's the reason why we see your YouTube channel. Actually, I'm just watching your uh, YouTube channel now and then I see all of those images you use. <laughs> clean minimal and reminds me Scandinavian design or minimal design somehow how many videos have you uh, uploaded so far we would I we have around 25 or 20 yeah 25, around 26 20, videos or 25 and the early couple of videos were a little different because I think that was we weren't thinking about a YouTube channel then so the first two or three videos was mostly about like a patreon and like what we yeah. plan to do and it was pre-covid and <laughs> yeah because uh when we initially started we wanted to be tech free we didn't want to be on social media that's like <laughs> sort of ironic but uh started yeah we started with uh sunday half day in-person workshops where we showcased two indian coffee roasters and two different brew methods we sort of taught people how to brew coffee and appreciate like the nuances of coffee and just like good conversation over half a day. But uh, just as that was starting to like pick up some traction, I think around the, the fourth workshop, we, which we had to cancel because of COVID. So that's when we went, we got on Instagram, started like creating content. How do you do tech free during a lockdown? So we had to pivot entirely. <laughs> I think the good thing is her her background is completely different to mine. I, I really like your channel. Um, so I guess everything you've done at home, all this shooting, editing, right? Yeah. Well, I guess new YouTubers, especially who want to do coffee YouTube, they should learn a lot from you guys. Do you have any tips for, for barista who want to do their YouTube channels? 
in terms of i mean the quality and the the quality of the content i think will come with with time if i had to say two things one would be like get your audio right and just like create content that sort of has a unique voice so for us um for her it's sort of like i would guess like the the background the connections between finance and coffee and then just basically making people think differently about coffee and my side i've always been more like nerdy and sort of like the science behind things and so that's why coffee really got me hooked because there's so much science and yeah i can drive you crazy but i also like the challenge so which is why the the videos that i'm on are more like like detailed breakdowns and like workflow breakdowns and those sort of things is what like draws me and i think the other thing is uh, at least like we have found makes a big difference and maybe this isn't youtube specific it's any platform but it's just really to be consistent and it's something we are like constantly learning and trying to like keep we try to keep telling ourselves as well but you know i think it's just through all of like the drudgery to just like say oh i'm going to do x videos and then you just keep doing them like you just make sure that you kind of do the work i guess you guys none of you is barista right how do you get your customers engaged that's again that's a work in progress so we even now like we're writing a new script for a product review that we're doing so we're trying to think of like how we can tell the story differently to have it because on youtube it's always average watch time and so you're constantly trying to improve that because it's sort of the direct metric that shows how engaged people are with your content and how long they're viewing your video now i think we're we're going back and like actually studying script writing because um, while our content is researched and like the products that we review we've used it for a couple of months like we've really used them and like tried to do like a lot of stuff with it um to the point of like like almost breaking it but um to take that content and put it onto a video format and have that be engaging in a world where there's so many distractions is probably the biggest challenge we're we're playing with new things and uh, while we like the content that we have and we're sort of happy with that we're still not happy with how we present it in a way that is that is both engaging and like like has like high audience retention if you will and i think if i i think i did understand your question in the sense if correct me if i'm wrong you were saying our background is not as baristas and so in some ways we are outsiders to the industry right because there's a lot of baristas that become professionals yes you're right because it is a very strong community of even though baristas are you know different parts of the world they kind of like have this very strong community and 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 lift each other up and then you know potentially move on to become content creators and we obviously are not that's not our route but i think um rather than see that as a disadvantage we were like okay we don't you know there's no point if we try and compete with that skill set right um so it's sort of to say we are different we're approaching it in a different way how do we highlight our difference rather than like you know like hide it away or like shy away from it so to actually use the fact that we have a very different um way of looking at coffee and um and to see, say that that's actually complementary to what all of these uh what all of the barista content creators are making because obviously that's amazing content um and then this is just you know it's like a complementary way of looking at 
uh, of looking at coffee through like maybe a slightly different lens. And I think because of that, because we're not trying to pretend to be someone we're not, I think that community has been very receptive to it as well. Because you were saying like, you know, even the coffee professionals and ex-baristas and baristas, yeah, they they kind of know about us or, or follow us. And I think that's why. But I have to say like from, from our, like, obviously it's a sort of a smaller experience because we haven't been in coffee that long, um, but the community has been amazing. Yeah. Like just generally the, the people that we've met have been super supportive and there's a lot of sharing of knowledge and it's very like open sharing. There's no... Like at least for the people that we've spoken to, right from people who are like like probably the most famous person, James Hoffman, to people like Lance Hedrick, to people like you and people who are much smaller that you don't know. It seems to generally be that people are like open to sharing and like want sort of the industry to to like progress together. So that's been great. And I don't think we felt any snobbery or like people saying like, oh, you're not a barista, you don't know this. So how come you do? At least, like, as far as yeah, who are you to talk about this? this yeah, we, we haven't, haven't had had any, had had any of that. That was that was one of my concern. That's why I name it. I'm not barista, so don't ask me anything about coffee. I find you someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, interesting, interesting that you know your position in this coffee industry and how we can help others and then play a role. That's important. Uh, we're not competitors. We are the promoters of those professionals. I guess. I have one yeah. question about your review videos. Do you guys buy those gears or they send it to you? How does your this so far your YouTube works? Like the business. So for example, the Nanoforma, we backed them on Kickstarter. So we actually bought that. And then we're reviewing another product now, which we bought. And there are a bunch of like the first flare review that we did is the Pro 2 that we bought with our own money. And subsequently we reviewed the Neo and 58, which Flare sent us to review. So it's kind of a mix. We obviously want to get to a point where we can buy every single product that we review because it allows us to be like, allows us to say whatever we want. We still try to be uh, as unbiased as possible, but it's it like, realistically, it's harder to rip apart a product if someone has sent it to you. So to sort of overcome that, we, we would like to get to a point where we can buy all of the products that we review. But for now, we we sort of we're really grateful to be able to work with brands like Flair and um, Nomad, uh, like Unitera and like Carl from Crew. All of these people have been like super re receptive, have seen our content, and been happy to send products to us to to give the like give them honest feedback and even review it for our channel. I guess that there is a milestone, right? You reach a certain amount of followers, and then those brands say, "Hey." you know, they could be good promoter for us. So I would like to send you a get up, you know, a product to review how this influence your finance situation, because I know coffee gears, they're really expensive. If yeah. you buy everything yourself, it's a disaster. I mean, you're not going <laughs> to use all of them, right? <laughs> yeah. You have got rid of them, but then yourself with second hand is not the value. I don't know how you guys handle that. Which is, which is why it's been like a really, uh, it's been really helpful. So one, we, we work with a brand called uh, Banky Brewing Tools in India, who are one of the largest uh, coffee equipment wholesalers in the country. And so uh, the owner, Suhas, is a, is a good friend and has been super helpful. We couldn't have made like most of these videos without his help. 
because uh, importing to India is quite challenging in yeah. terms of paperwork, in terms of the customs duties and stuff like that. And because he does that for a business, he was happy to to sort of help us get like equipment. And he also like sends us equipment that he wants us to to test and give him an opinion on before he buys or like makes a bigger order. So that's been really helpful. And the other side is obviously, um, I think after creating the Flare video is when um, Flare noticed us. Um, so that's when Andrew from Flare, like Flare reached out and said that he really liked this content. And then we actually asked them if we if we can review some of their, their other products. So they were happy to send it to us. Andrew is a good guy. Yeah, agreed. And he's very honest. I like him a lot. Awesome guy. Very honest, very helpful, like super knowledgeable. So, yeah. So far, which video do you guys love the most? Oh, of our own? Your babies, right? You have to choose one now. <laughs> oh my Go gosh. Yeah, for, I mean, so uh, for me, it would be um, uh, like the, the first flare one, the, the manual espresso, because it's sort of the first time where we got a reaction, like a good reaction to a video. And then uh, the, the C market one, because well, that was super insightful for me because I didn't know any of that before she wrote the script for it. So I would have to say, for me, it sort of forced me to think of coffee completely differently. And that's, that's like really interesting. And since we've been like trying to see like how we can push the boundary and, and make, uh, make content that's, that's interesting, but also like insightful from another, like another perspective perspective if you will hmm. what are my favorite videos so um i think i really like the manual espresso as well because i feel like as um as far as content and a product and and our own values as a company it was very aligned so um i really like that obviously he made the video and then this is not like a super popular video of ours but you know i did one on meditation and brewing and i really enjoyed that because it reminded me a lot of how we started as a company and what and why we even started so um you know like he said we would do these workshops with people and obviously that was amazing to be able to like interact with people in real life which we've all forgotten now. Um, but then this video sort of came, it, it, for me, it was very special because it reminded me of why we started, how we started, what coffee really means to us beyond just, you know, the drink every day or, or yeah, I really liked that one because uh, it, it reminded me why I'm doing this. So there is one of our first videos, which is uh, like a detailed recipe of the South Indian filter. I don't know if you've seen that one, but yeah. that's very close to our hearts. And it's something that I'm itching to update. But uh, yeah, that that's also like definitely up there because it's one of the first like detailed, like uh, full length videos that we put out. The video that I like most, uh, how I found you guys is through the Universal Coffee Recipe Builder because at the time we were building the brewing guide, you know, we're looking for inspirational ideas, how we can make this work. And then I found you guys, and then I read your article. It was like, wow, this guy's amazing. Those articles uh, on your website are really, really helpful and, and help us understand. Yes, the Universal Recipe Builder is um is 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 awesome also because we nearly didn't make that video um we were like you know will people actually uh we we put out a lot of content on it on instagram and like Aguna said like uh, our foundation in terms of us as a couple has been in music so there's a lot of times we sort of like revert to music to think about you know work stuff or coffee or just life and so um 
the recipe builder, we have some interesting stuff coming out soon. Um, but then, yeah, we also want to do a few more collaborations yeah, with people, like something with, with you guys would be amazing. But yeah, we, we sort of want to work on it as a, as a community, I guess. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an initial idea and the response has been good, but then now we need like the community to sort of help it, like help shape it become, if, if it has any chance of becoming sort of a, like a standard tool that people use to share recipes across the industry, then obviously we need more people like on board, which is why we've consciously made it open source as of a few months ago. And so we're just getting like a like a, a fundamental web app ready so that people can actually build recipes quickly online. And uh, once that's done, we want to like open it up and see where it goes. I got to know Indian coffee community through Barista on Bike, right? Benny, I, I guess awesome. you know him, right? He's a cool guy, awesome one. I like he's traveling, traveling around with his bike and, and interview different people. And then that's the time I, I got to know coffee in the Asia thing that I never thought, you know, always, oh, African coffee, Colombian coffee, Indian coffee, I never tried it. What is the Indian coffee community like? We got here end of 2019 and there were about three or four specialty cafes or specialty coffee roasteries, if you will. And so it was very small and they were just sort of starting to experiment and one or two like good coffees coming out. But in the last two, two and a half years through the pandemic and stuff, it's kind of like exploded the, the movement within India. And also here, like I said, it's hard to bring stuff in from abroad. So we've, uh, as a community, been forced to drink Indian coffee. So the feedback loop has been really strong. So it's even pushed like whether it's the growers, the, uh, like the, the farmers or like the roasters to sort of really like elevate the quality of coffee in the country. And while we are like a fair distance behind like very mature markets like South America and like Africa, um, I think we're catching up pretty quickly. And um, as long as we don't try to be then like another Ethiopian coffee or another, we have like a unique flavor profile in India and then Indian coffee has great texture. It also has like some unique tasting notes that you wouldn't find in other parts of the world. You have like rich terroir, like all of our coffee is shade grown. It's like, it's like all intercropped. And then, so th there's like a uniqueness and there's a story to tell about Indian coffee. So that's kind of, kind of why we got into coffee because Indian coffee is anonymous. Like you said, you didn't even know about Indian coffee. That's not an uncommon view at all. I mean, I, you know, I left India in 2004 um, or 2003, but I left India a long time ago until we came back. And, and in all of those years, you know, like 15, 16 years, I was always drinking coffee. And I don't think in, I lived in the States and then in London. And I don't really think I saw more than like three or four cafes that ever highlighted India as a single origin coffee. And uh, a lot of the work that we do has actually been to, you know, how do we think of interesting ways to kind of de-anonymize Indian coffee? There's, there's been this very strong association with Indian coffee and Robusta. And of course, we do have a fair amount of, uh, of Robusta. 60% of our coffee approximately is Robusta. Um, and But then there's been this association with either exclusively Robusta or a lot of it is about Monsoon Malabar, which is the, you know, if people have heard of Indian coffee, they usually associate it with that. 
Um, but like Raghunath was saying, there are a lot of interesting, um, unique characteristics about Indian coffee. And really, I think a big issue has been our marketing. Like we've been so closed off to the re- to what's happening in the rest of the world. And we've never really like, as a, I guess, as a, I don't know, as a country or as a coffee community said, look, you know, like, how do we highlight the things that are good about us? How do we showcase the, the best things about this to, um, to, to a global audience? And how do we think through it? strategically it's just been all over the place so the only thing i would add is the perception of indian coffee from outside india and then indian coffee and the community within india are just very very different yeah it's a complete disconnect there so for us it's been really interesting because you know i i, I don't think i can go as far as to say i'm like an insider in india you know i'm i'm also discovering the the coffee in india because it's only been two years since I've really come back and spent time here. And it's been eye-opening. Like it's, you know, we have a long history of drinking coffee in the South of India because we obviously grow coffee here. But then to see sort of specialty coffee really take hold, even in like the sort of urban populations and like younger millennial, um, you know, populations in the north of India has been super interesting and COVID has really I think it's really accelerated that people have been kind of stuck at home a lot of young people still live with their families so coffee is like a very easy thing to get into when you're you're like oh what am I going to do with all my time you know I hope we can see more videos about coffee in India um, and you're right about how we see Indian coffee, we hear about it, and what is really happening in India is different. Uh, I mean, I know Indian producer exports coffee, I just never tried them before. It's hard to find. And it's usually white label. So you likely would have tried it, but you know, it would have been... Part of a random blend. Part of some blend or, yeah. Tell us, what is the best Indian coffee you would recommend us to try? Well, the other issue is access. Like, even if we recommend something, you know, like the big issue right now is like, it's not easy, like you said, to get Indian coffee outside of India. So something we've been trying to figure out is exactly that. It's like, how do we showcase like amazing Indian coffee outside of India? But I mean, I don't know if you have like a favorite that you want to talk about. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say favorite. I mean, especially because of like how subjective coffee is. But in terms of quality, yeah. So we we have a subscription platform on which we have around ten roasters, and all of the coffees we send out we cup. So, I mean, off the top of my head, there's there are roasters called uh, Quick Brown Fox, and then there's Corridor Seven. Blue Tokai is one of the first players in the specialty market. Then there's Mark's Coffee, which is in the South Oroville and Bloom Coffee Roasters. And these are guys who started very recently, but have like, like exponentially increased like the quality of their roasting and stuff in the last two years. So, yeah, I mean, those are a few brands off the top of my head. But uh, if you ever plan to come down to India, we'd be happy to take you around. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to stay there a bit and visit farms or visit the guys. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So, so tell us about your 2022 plan. YouTube channel so far, I have 7.3 thousand followers. Where do you see yourself at the end of this year? In terms of followers, like it's, it's hard. We try not to look at uh, numbers, numbers yeah. but yeah, obviously like 10K is a big milestone. And so both for Instagram and YouTube, hopefully like surpass that significantly this year 
And in terms of content, I would say regularity. Right, right now we're just about able to put out two videos a month, and we want to make we want to try and put out a video a week at at some point. Um, see if we can do that, and then still like maintain the quality and the kind of content that we're happy to put out. But um, the products is something that we wanted to launch for a long time, and we have. So I let you talk about that. Look, COVID, you know, I don't want to keep blaming COVID for everything, but I'm going to keep blaming COVID. Um, the the product side of our business really, you know, took a hit with just supply chain. A lot of the manufacturers, we've done so much testing um, with these, uh, with, with small prototyping labs. A couple of them shut shop. A lot of people moved. So, you know, we, we had to rethink our product strategy and we finally have launched products and we have a few more in the pipeline and that's something i'm super excited about even on the product side the way we kind of think about products is how do we do something that's like fun and beautiful uh whatever the product might be but then you know like i don't know the that makes the user think a little bit differently or or, or showcases something slightly different in terms of what they might be used to so we've done these cups right now the cappuccino cups which are handmade in india um, and, uh, so I think this, like the plan for 2022 is to figure out a, uh, a model where we're more able to consistently fulfill international orders as well, because right now, both with our subscription and with our products, we, we are only like pretty much restricted to India. Um, and so, you know, as things open up and we plan to spend more time outside of India to kind of also see how we can deliver those products internationally. So that's a, one of our big goals for, for 2022, um, is to, is to kind of open the audience up on the product side. Yeah. And, and grow our subscription. And I mean, we're trying to figure out international shipping of roasted coffee, which seems to be really difficult out of India. There are subscriptions like Tim Wendelbow and like Cafe Box, which uh, ship around the world. But uh, yeah, so with a multi-roasted platform, it becomes a little more challenging because I know Tim Wendelbow nitrogen flushes their bags. So even if it gets to you like three, four weeks after the roast date, it's still pretty fresh. So yeah, in terms of packing and then the shipping costs, we're trying to figure that out. So yeah, growing, growing the... The subscription, subscription both within the country and seeing if we can expand outside. Yeah, that's true. International shipping is a big issue, right? Yeah. And I guess only when COVID is over, this yeah. can be better. Um, yeah, let's play in COVID then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The thing is, it's always been challenging and COVID has just made it worse. So Yeah. That's true. That's true. So tell us about the cup. This special shape, uh, any of you design it or how you got this inspiration behind it? So in terms of, so I, I wouldn't say we did something groundbreaking in terms of the design. There are like, there are other cups that we really like. So we wanted something that has like a classic sort of the, the cappuccino bowl shaped cup. Uh, but we wanted it to, to be handmade with like local ingredients and also like the, the finish and stuff is something that we we worked with uh closely with the artisan to sort of figure out like the kind of finish that we wanted and stuff yeah so in terms of design making sure that it the, you you get the the bowl shape inside for like good latte art and also like the thickness of the the walls so you have a good 
like like feel when you're using the cup and also for it to feel substantial so it doesn't feel too light like you actually feel like that it's actually quite hefty yeah um you know that it's it's not heavy but it doesn't feel flimsy so you feel quite grounded when you're when you're you know drinking your coffee and uh you know we talk a lot about sort of engaging all our senses when we when we drink coffee and and the cup sort of like really highlights some of that because it's it's really texturally nice to hold um and you know you kind of look for and it's like beautiful to look at and you you kind of look forward to drinking or at least I do like look forward to drinking my morning cup of coffee in it so yeah. and each piece is unique and has its own like quirks so that that makes it even more interesting Yes because these aren't perfect handy. yeah these aren't perfect cups that come out of an assembly line in a factory so i guess those are your favorite cups now yeah we use them every day yeah but let's talk about something what you put in your cup coffee oh, who's brewing coffee yeah. every day um he is she used to brew a lot before i think and then i you know i stopped drinking coffee for not not quite 2 years but about 18 months so I you know it's it's fine to drink a bit of coffee when you're pregnant I just made the decision not to um and so I and I didn't drink when I was uh, when my daughter was very young either so you know for me getting back to coffee was so ceremonious um it's only been a few months since I really restarted drinking coffee properly again and in all of that time he's been brewing so I've just gotten a bit lazy and gotten used to him making me a cup of coffee but uh soon we'll be back yeah for me I, it's weird even if i don't drink coffee i need to make coffee at least a couple of times a day tell us about your favorite brewing recipe i think you have this awesome recipe builder with the music and how you got inspiration for everything you found interesting and then what is your favorite recipe and brewing method of course yeah for me it would be the i mean yes i love espresso and just like all of the again all of the science that goes into brewing espresso and pack prep and all of that stuff but i think the real like the real challenging one was the southern indian filter so sort of looking at like several like like my grandparents from both sides brew it differently my pet my mom brews it differently so just to see that and then have this i don't know if you uh, you've obviously like used the mocha pot yeah sometimes Yeah so it's a super frustrating brewer but it can brew good coffee if you know what you're doing I would say the Sardinian filter is similar probably even more frustrating so to to figure out like a a brew method for that and then see what uh how you can consistently brew good coffee with that that to sort of a a victory for me if you will <laughs> And I guess when I was brewing a lot of coffee I really enjoyed brewing the V16 It's very therapeutic i yeah, find yeah probably really therapeutic it changes every time right yeah yeah it does sometimes i hate it so much i just i couldn't get the same flavor every time and then i have to switch to someone something else yeah there are ways to um but you need to control everything like right from your water to to like the height that you're pouring to yeah i mean it's the madness yeah it is <laughs> exactly i totally agree all right one last question to you guys What is your top tip for a new coffee YouTuber? Okay, a new you, coffee YouTuber. I'll let you take over. There are a lot of great reviewers and there's a lot of content about uh, the science of brewing coffee. So 
um, obviously you can do that. And there's, there's obviously like a talent that's required to do that well, but um, see if you can bring something unique, like a unique perspective, like either from your past life or like a different background. So if you can bring something unique and if you can shed light on, on problems or things that people aren't really looking at in coffee, that would be amazing because it just generally makes the entire community richer because it's um, it's different knowledge that helps us grow. That's just my take on it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, um, you know, everyone has a different story and a relationship with with coffee. It's It's so personal to the people, you know, even who are doing it professionally, there's so much, um, there's like a personal story for everyone with something like coffee. And I think just having, not being afraid to kind of just really hone in on your voice. Like, what are you trying to say? Why are you trying to say it? And, and having that be very clear, I think comes through to an audience, but I don't know if we should be giving advice just yet. We're not like the We're biggest big enough to... coffee YouTuber. So we'll take some advice too. So <laughs> Yeah, finding your voice and then saying like, this is, you know, what's unique about my perspective on coffee is is definitely helpful. And there's more than enough room for for content creators. So, Well, a, a smaller YouTuber called uh, Brian Korn is doing something like very different. It's not super produced or like amazing B-roll and stuff, but he's producing content that's super unique. It's like very nerdy and it's sort of like caters to the very sciencey side of coffee with like uh, he has access to very high end equipment. And then he's talking about like pressure profiles and then how to decipher his latest videos about deciphering a decent profile and then using it out in, a, in other machines. So things like that, that's that's uniquely him. And I don't really know of any other channels that are doing that the way that he is. So that that would probably be one example. Thank you. Definitely check him out. It's lovely to talk to you guys. And it's so interesting. Well, we hope we can do another one once your cup is uh, available internationally. Absolutely. We'll, <laughs> we'll try. try. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this I'm Not a Barista episode. Subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at I Am Not a Barista for more empowering vibes and true coffee stories that connect you with coffee lovers around the world. You're a part of our global community where we celebrate baristas and their craft in everything that we do.